Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast. Today, we are having on Lindsay and Catherine, psychotherapists at Boutique Psychotherapy, who focus on various mental health topics, including body image, sexuality, and dating. They are excited to discuss their new group, My Body in the Bedroom, and it is a group to bring awareness to how negative body image can impact our dating and sex lives. While combating stigma and creating community, Catherine and Lindsay have created a safe space for individuals to feel safe talking about these challenging topics. Welcome, Lindsay and Catherine. We're so excited to have you guys on. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. Yes. <laughs> so excited. So first of all, I am so excited to talk about this topic because it comes up a lot in sessions and within the anti-diet space, you know, we see bodies will sometimes change and you know, we hear from clients that they're uncomfortable in their bodies. And so the first thing I want to get into is what are some ways that folks can become more comfortable and confident in their bodies and in the bedroom? Yeah, no, totally. I feel like that is the the main thing that if clients come to me to talk about body image and sex, like that is the first question. So I think that, you know, talking about body image in the bedroom, you have to look about what you're doing outside of the bedroom as well. So like what kind of messaging are you giving yourself about your body, both in the bedroom and outside of it? So are you like wearing things that you're comfortable with? How are you talking to yourself? Like what kind of social media are you consuming? All of these things are going to be in indicators to yourself of like, okay, what, what kind of, like, how do I feel about my body and where does my body fit in, in this world and space? So I think like really digging into what kind of messaging you're giving yourself outside of the bedroom as well as inside of the bedroom is like where I would start with that. Lindsay, if you want to add. Yeah, absolutely. I think it also is about a lot about what confidence means to you, because I think that there's this really big idea that like you can only be confident or only thin people are confident. You can only be confident if you have a certain type of body. And so it's really redefining kind of like breaking down those stigmas of what it means to be confident because you can be confident no matter what your body looks like. So, you know, I think it's really defining what, what body love and what, you know, confidence means to you breaking down that stigma and also kind of being aware of the language that you use around your body um, and the way that you talk about yourself and talk to yourself. Yes. I, I love that. And you know, what is the language that you're using? Cause it's so important. One question that I have is, and I hear this again a lot from clients when they say, well, I don't think I can be confident unless I am in a smaller body. So how, what, how do you guys work with clients to build confidence outside of their you know, external appearance? I think that that's the hardest part because we've, be, we've created such negative stigmas about like what it means to be confident, what it means, like the way that you look and, and being thin or being a certain size is the only way that you can, you know, gain body love. So 
to me and a lot of the work that I do is kind of like redefining some of those stigmas that we created also kind of getting to the root and the more like psychodynamic piece of like, where did these stigmas come from? You know, how did you learn about diet culture? How did your parents and the people who raised you talk about your body, bodies in general and diet culture in general, because our minds have been so trained to think in this really negative way that we have to look a certain way. We have to eat or think a certain way about our bodies. So it's really redefining and reframing these stigmas that we've created about ourselves. Yeah, no, totally. Like I completely agree. It's addressing like, okay, where did my view of all this come from? You know, like what, what messaging was I receiving growing up? And then how am I reinforcing that right now? Like, am I hanging out with people who are saying these, reinforcing these kind of ideas? Am I consuming, consuming social media that's reinforcing these kind of ideals? It's like, you know, how, how diverse and how welcoming are the communities I'm putting myself in? And I feel like too, when it comes to something like intimacy, there's a whole nother layer because if you're doing the work, fine. But what about when your partner has these internalized fat phobia? And then it's less about like, I feel okay in my body, but like, what do they think? Right. How do you deal with that additional layer? Yeah. So this is something, honestly, so both of us listened to the podcast that you guys did um, previously about a similar topic. And so we really loved what you're kind of touching on about like growing with your partner, because obviously, you know, it doesn't make your partner a bad person to have those internalized stigmas because we've all, a lot of us, most people have them, you know, we've, we've got them one way or another because of what we see on social media and everything that we've just talked about. But at the same time, it's about being able to have those conversations with your partner and deciding whether or not your partner is willing to grow with you on that and willing to affirm you in the journey that you're going through with your body. Totally. Totally. It's like, is your partner willing to meet you where you're at? show you empathy and listen to how these, this kind of language is affecting you. And are they willing to kind of change their mindset a little bit and wanting to grow with you? Because that's, that's what a partnership is. It's growth. It's mutual empathy. So, you know, if your partner wants to grow with you, that is amazing and beautiful. And you can go on that journey together. But if they're not able to meet you when you're out, like you need to evaluate, is this the kind of relationship that I want to be in? Like, is Mm -hmm. is the kind of partner I want to have? I also think that in terms of like reassurance from your partner, I, we, we also find like the body love movement and all is it's all about how you feel about yourself and in your body. And so if you're kind of reliant on the way that your partner feels about you and reflects on you, like I have a lot of people that I work with who are really focused on that validation from a partner. So they'll wake up one day in a partner and will say like, Oh, you look so skinny today. Oh, you look so great today. And that's really validating in that moment. And it feels really good. And it's that like reassurance that you're getting. But then what happens when you wake up the next day and your partner doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's really having those conversations with your partner of like, you know what, maybe these compliments are not benefiting me. You know, maybe can you compliment my beauty or, you know, my radiance or the other things about me rather than like the way that my body looks, because it really creates these ideas of like, Oh, one day I'm looking this way because I get a compliment, but maybe I'm not looking that way another day because I didn't get that validation. Right. And that's total. And I was going to say that's validation across the board and, and among hundred other reasons as to why we should not comment on bodies. When people comment on bodies, all of a sudden when those comments stop or if they, you know, regain the weight or if their body changes, that can really mess with someone's head because now they're, you know, they were so once reliant on the external validation and it's not coming in anymore. Totally. Totally. And I just want to like reiterate, there's nothing wrong with like 
feeling good when your partner compliments you. There's nothing wrong with wanting validation. It's just the, the right validation that we're seeking and making sure that we're also internally giving ourselves that validation. Yes. It's not just coming from externally. And in terms of like action steps for that, right? Like say somebody's in that place where they're like, I think my partner would be like willing to grow with me, but it's kind of like uncomfortable to bring up. Like, how do I share how I'm feeling and like elicit a response that is going to be helpful rather than them just kind of being like, I don't really know what, what to do, right? Like how can people use action steps moving forward to get to a better place? Yeah. I think that goes to vulnerability, right? Like I, you want to be comfortable being vulnerable with your partner. And hopefully in this situation, like this is a partnership where you've expressed vulnerability in the past. If not, like that's a little bit of a different story, but it's being able to be as open and honest as you can with your partner about how these things make you specifically feel. It's not an attack on them saying you're bad for saying all these things. When you say these things, this is how I feel. And here's something that you could say that would change that. Or this is something that you could say that would help me. So instead of commenting, oh, on my size, like Lindsay said, is like, here's some things that we could talk about that would better uplift me. And, you know, reiterating the fact that like, you also had these mindsets, these stereotypes at one point, and it's okay that your partner's having them. But here's some ways that like, we can grow as a couple and that would help me feel more comfortable and safe in and outside our sex life. Yes. I also want to validate too. I love what you just said, Catherine. And I, I think that also validating that like having these conversations are totally not easy. Like going to your partner and being like, I really want to have a conversation about how you can better validate me. Like that is not an easy conversation to have. So honestly, like talking with a friend about it or talking with your therapist or just like writing it down and journaling about like the things that you want to say, like these are not easy conversations to have. And sometimes it could kind of feel robotic, but that is a part of self-advocacy, which is so important. But I do want to validate that for people like going and having a conversation like that with your partner might be hard. And even just having that conversation with yourself is really hard. So it's really getting comfortable with that vulnerability, which is typically really uncomfortable. And I was going to say also having compassion for yourself, because if these ideas have been with you for decades, which for most people they have been, it will take a long time to unlearn those thoughts and those feelings and those beliefs around your body. And it might take some time for your partner as well. So I think compassion is so important here because people want to see fast changes. Like I just want to change tomorrow and it doesn't happen like that. And so if we can manage those expectations, Another scenario that I often hear, and I'm curious, and I I think we touched upon this earlier, but I will hear from a client, my partner says that I'm beautiful. My partner says that, you know, he is attracted to me, but I feel so uncomfortable in my body. I don't want my partner to see me naked. I don't want my partner to see me in the light. And I know we talked about changing the language, but any other advice you can give around that when, you know, maybe your partner does find you still so attractive and yet you cannot see yourself in that same way. Definitely. Definitely. I think like when it comes to those situations where it's, I'm assuming like we're talking about this, like in a sexual situation, Yes. Um, I would say what the advice I give to my clients is how present are you being in these sexual situations, you know, or how connected are you to your body and to your partner? Because if you're in your head about what your body looks like in these moments, you're not connecting with your partner. You're not connecting in that moment. 
Um, so some tips I have for being more mindful and more connected in that moment is focusing on like the different sensations, right? So like touch, right? How does it feel to touch your partner? How does it feel when your partner touches you? Smell, like even smell, like uh, what perfume are you wearing? Like, what did your partner smell like? Like really leaning into how your physical body is feeling with your partner in that moment and getting out of your head a little bit. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, intimacy and connection with your partner is all about vulnerability, safety, and relaxation. A lot of people think that like intimacy and sex is a performance, but really it's a moment to just feel relaxed with your partner. And so if you're in your head and just overthinking the way that you look, if you're body checking in moments of intimacy, whether it's on a date or whether it's in a really intimate moment with your partner, you're not connected with your body and, you know, having an intimate moment that can feel really comfortable and vulnerable. You're just hyper aware of the way that you're, that you look in that moment. So being able to take a step back and, you know, I really love what Catherine just said about, you know, being able to just focus on your senses, whether it's like the feeling of your partner's skin, the way that they're hair feels and and just enjoying that moment and being present of, you know, the things around you rather than hyper-focus on your body because your partner is probably not even thinking that they're just wanting to be with you and enjoying that moment with you. So I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about established relationships and partnerships. If we were to move more towards like casual sex or casual relationships, would you say the same would still apply when somebody like really doesn't feel as comfortable with this person? Maybe they just met them or early on dating. Definitely. I think the same sentiment applies. Like you should feel safe, comfortable when you are having sex with someone. Um, that is saying that is true for one night stands and it's true with your partner. If this, if you like go on a date right? And you're feeling the vibes and you're feeling comfortable, then yeah, like totally like the same rules apply. I think that you should feel, you should always feel safe in, in sexual situations. Like whether that be with the, a new person or, and like the emotional intimacy obviously is a little bit like, like you feel that a bit more with a partner, but you should still feel that during these one night stands. Like you should still feel that connection. A hundred percent. I think also, we have to focus on really learning how to love our bodies and embodying confidence in a way that's consistent with us and not inconsistent that it's varying from person to person and slash partner to partner. You know, our body love comes from within and confidence from ourselves comes from within and the ideas that we have about ourselves. Like when I ask my clients and the people that I work with, how do you feel about yourself? Do you love yourself? You know, what does self-love look like for you? 99% of the time, people have no idea. So really establishing like what that looks like for you and learning to really embody that and live by that so that, you know, the validation from somebody else and a partner maybe that you're with for one night, you know, you're not feeling bad in that moment because it doesn't matter who you're with, you know, you're able to get vulnerable and comfortable and confident with yourself no matter what space you're in. Lorna, I, I mean, I have ADHD, so I like need to get my thought out there or else it's, it goes away. It, it disappears from attorney. Okay. I'm um, the same way. Yeah. <laughs> um, did I hurt my thoughts? No. Okay. So someone might be listening to this and I find that sometimes when somebody is at war with their body and that seems pretty dramatic, but like, I'm, I'm really using words that I often hear in session Yeah. to go from that place to a place of body love might feel very overwhelming. And so sometimes I'll even say, how can we respect our bodies? And how can we incorporate respect, right? And from a nutrition standpoint, this might look like nourishing your body with food, getting adequate fuel throughout the day, engaging in self-care. 
And so I'm curious, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're like, this sounds great, but I cannot even imagine getting to a place of self-love. Is there a kind of like an in-between step? So we're moving them towards a place of like respect and acceptance and love, even if they can't imagine that love piece coming in right away. Totally. Um, I definitely have an answer for this. So I hear the war with yourself all the time. That's not exaggerated language. That is generally what it feels like. It feels like you're fighting with this inner dialogue in your head who's trying to uphold all these stereotypes, all these beliefs, right? And what I, this is a little controversial, what I'm about to say. Just stop fighting the war. Like the person in your head that is saying all these things, show her some empathy. Like she, there's a reason why she feels that way. And it's not because of you. And the more that you fight at odds with it, the more it's going to come up. So in those moments when you are feeling like you're battling with yourself, just sit there and be like, hey, like I completely understand why that part of me feels that way. And it fucking sucks that, that, that I feel that way. So in this moment, I'm going to show myself, if not, if not love, just like removing the negativity, just some sort of care. So like, I like to say like, what are you doing for yourself? Like, how are you treating yourself? How are you honoring your own autonomy? Instead of like showing yourself love, just like removing the, the negativity, like removing the, the negative ways in which you are hurting yourself, whether that be, am I doing scrolling on social media? Did I cut out a meal today? You know, like removing that, those negative ways that you're treating yourself is kind of the first way. Cause I get it. Like it does sound really scary to get from completely self-deprecating thoughts to love. And it's not an easy feed. I, I think that acceptance and kindness and respect I completely agree with you. It's like the first way to go about it. So how can I show myself a little bit of respect today? You know, can I put on an outfit that makes me feel good instead of immediately putting on clothes that I know are going to make me feel bad? You know, can I take myself on a walk? Can I cook myself a meal that I know will make me feel good? Things like that. Just showing yourself the same respect that you would show, say like a friend or an acquaintance. I love that, Catherine. I think that that's a huge thing that I preach to my clients all the time is that like, would how, what would you say to a friend if you were feeling this way or thinking that way? And why are you not treating yourself with that same empathy and compassion? Um, and I think even more over from body positivity, I feel like we're in this space, like especially in social media with like self-love, body positivity. And some people just really don't love their bodies in the way that they feel. And I think that starting even with like body neutrality is a really good start um, to just be able to like feel in your body and feel present and that you don't have to be obsessed with the way it looks. You don't have to be in love with the way that it feels, but just neutral that it it works for you and that it helps you get from point A to point B and that it accepts the food that you give it and that it wears the clothes that you put on it. Um, and not being so obsessed. I mean, we see celebrities all the time who, you know, social media is trying to make the face of like body positivity and self-love movements, whether it's like Adele, when she was considered plus size. And I hate to even say plus size or plus size model, because like, that's not how she defines herself. And she lost a lot of weight and people see her and we're like, she's the, the, I did the, the person who embodies or is the face of this movement. And she sat down for an interview and said, that's not my job. You know, it's not my job to stay a certain size for, you know, for somebody else. Like this is my, my, 
my journey and, you know, I'm not here to, you know, suit anybody else. And the same thing with, you know, social media sensation, Remy Bader, who was out there just living life and trying to create space for herself and other people who look like her and social media is deeming her the body positivity movement. She's like, that's not me. Like, I'm just here trying to create space for myself and women or people who look my size. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're creating this idea around like, you have to love yourself in every form, but we just want to be human and be okay with the way that we look no matter what. Yeah. I even love the idea of body acceptance. I was just listening to something from Evelyn Tribbley, one of the Mm co-creators of Intuitive Eating. And body acceptance does not mean you love your body. It doesn't even mean you like your body. But acceptance, and she used the analogy of it's raining out. Am I thrilled that it's raining out? No, but I've accepted the fact that it is raining. And I think being able to differentiate acceptance from love, it might feel more palatable for people who might see love and be like, well, no, no, no. Like I I definitely could never love myself. Well, can you respect yourself? Can you at least have a more neutral stance towards yourself? I love that. I love that rain example. It's such a good way to kind of like phrase it in a different way. Because like when you think about your body, I feel like it can be so hyper-focused on like size. So to kind of like put it in an analogy that way, I, I really love that. Yeah. So Lindy, I like how you said something about how sex should be relaxing. It should be connection. It shouldn't be stressful, right? A lot of my clients, yes, there's the body component, but there's this additional stressor of like what it should be, how often it should be, when it like, what does it feel like? Like all of these expectations and pressure around like, oh, well, they have sex this amount of time and they have, they do this or the, and it's like, how can you reconnect, especially for the clients that are very type A, they hang on to this comparison. So what do you recommend for those people? Totally. I mean, I think that this is so influenced by everybody else, whether it's friends, family, social media, movies, TV, we see like you have to be having this much sex, going on this many dates, hooking up with this many people in order to be valid in your relationship. And that is absolutely not true. You can be intimate with your partner once a week, once a month, once a year, as long as that's okay with you and communicated with your partner, that's fine. You know, I think that it's really this idea that we have to be doing it. It's the same thing with social media, with food, like what I eat in a day videos or like what I, this is how you're supposed to look in the way that media is kind of like constructing us the way that we should be. Um, But I think that in terms of like intimacy with your partner, it really is all about what works for you, being able to be relaxed with your partner in a way that feels good for you. And I think that you're kind of referring to what I said before about, you know, intimacy, not being a performance, it's actually a moment to relax and enjoy a moment with your partner. Um, so I think that a lot of people are really aware of the way that their bodies look, the way that their bodies behave when they're in an intimate moment. But when you're really hyper aware of that, are you really relaxed? Are you really able to enjoy pleasure? Are you able to enjoy communication, vulnerability, and all those things? So I think that that's a really important question to ask yourself. Yeah. And I completely agree with you, Lindsay. And on that, I think like there is like some sort of comparison culture when we talk about body image and when we talk about the like amount of intimacy you have, like that is 100% being compared. If you feel like if you're dissatisfied with the intimacy in your relationship, it doesn't matter what everyone else else is doing. But if you personally are dissatisfied with the amount of intimacy in your relationship, my advice for that is instead of trying to immediately build, let's have sex more, think about like, 
what, how can we build intimacy outside of sex as well? Like, are we connecting? Are we giving ourselves these moments that could lead to intimacy? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's not, sex just doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. You have to feel connected to that person. So I would like evaluate the relationship outside of sex, sex as well to, to see like, okay, how much do we as a couple want to be having sex instead of like, how much should we be having sex? You know? Right. And I think that comes from just these ideals. And also anytime that you ask somebody, what's the secret to being married for X amount of years? And they're like sex. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's not actually sex. It's the amount that they probably connect outside of the bedroom that maybe leads to that, or maybe it doesn't, but it's just these like assumptions that we've it's, it's like a good food or a bad food. It's good to have this amount of sex and it's bad to have this amount, you know, and, and there's really no standard. Totally. And the same way, like if you're putting pressure on yourself to eat a certain way, if you're putting pressure on yourself to have sex a certain amount of times, you're probably feeling that pressure. And that's going to make you not really want to have sex because that's putting pressure on yourself and making it an anxiety inducing situation instead of a connecting situation with your partner. I also it takes yeah. the enjoyment. Sorry. It, it, I just want to say it kind of totally takes the enjoyment out of it. And the point mm-hmm. of those moments is to just enjoy it and to be present and to, you know, enjoy what's happening. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I haven't quite entered the stage of life yet, but I imagine if, and when somebody decides to have a family, like situations change, circumstances change. Like when you have a baby, I don't, first thing a couple is doing, it's probably not having sex. It's probably getting sleep. So I'm sure throughout the lifespan, it does ebb and flow, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Totally. Yeah. Like, and making note of those moments as well. Like, did you just have a kid? What's going on in your life? Are you stressed at work? Like all of these impact your relationship, right? Your relationship doesn't just exist in a bubble. So like, being mindful of what's going on in your life and what's going on in your partner's life and being able to communicate that. Yeah. So we want to talk about your new support group, um, my body in the bedroom, you know, when, what can people expect from the group? When does the next cohort begin? We want to hear all the details. So this is a group that Catherine and I put together and it's really like, this is our baby. We're so excited about it. Um, we, created this group because the both of us were really finding need in the people that we were working with. So we do a lot of work in sexuality, intimacy, dating, and things like that. And so we found that a lot of the people that we were working with were struggling with body image and the way that it comes into play with relationships, dating, intimacy, and things like that, whether it involves like body checking, overthinking the way that you look on a date during sex or intimate moments, um, and all sorts of things like that. Um, whether it's, you know, comparing yourself on social media to other relationships, the way that people look in certain relationships, you have to look a certain way in relationships. So all of those things. So we came together to create this group to really create community around topics that we find to be really stigmatized. So body image, yeah, we're seeing a big body image movement online, but are people really having conversations with friends and with themselves about body image and sexuality and dating and things like that? Um, so we created this group to create community, to break down those stigmas, understand where our ideas around body image, negative body image and dating come from, whether that's from social media, whether that's from the way that you were raised um, and really help achieve body love and confidence based on the community and also learn how to you know, feel confident in yourself in dating, in intimate moments and realize that other people are going through that too and that that's really normal. Yeah, totally. I'm so excited to start this group with Lindsay. I think it'll be great. I think that like the these 
both these areas, right, sex and body image are such nuanced topics. And I feel like they're topics that people feel kind of weird talking about sometimes with their friends. And I think that this is a community that I've seen that a lot of people need. And of course, like keeping it anti-diet as well was so important to us as well, because like, you know, you could find this, but is it, is it going to be triggering? So that's why me and Lindsay really wanted to incorporate like both of these aspects to make sure that we're keeping like the conversation open and safe and hopefully people are finding a sense of community and like growing together. Absolutely. I also wanted to point out that this group is not a space and, you know, not to say that like, it's not okay if you're doing this, but like, this really isn't a group to come in and talk about your weight loss and fitness goals. You know, this is a group to really build on body love, body acceptance, understanding how to feel your body, be mindful in your body, no matter what shape or size. So this is an anti-diet group. Um, an anti-weight loss group, you know, we don't focus on the number. We don't focus on the size. We, on like the number on the scales, what I mean. So, you know, we really just focus on how to build confidence and comfortability in all these different aspects of your life. Totally. Love it. It's so needed. I, I personally have not heard of any group that exists like this. How many participants are you guys expecting per cohort? Um, or is it kind of in flux? So yeah. we keep it small. So people have the ability to like, everyone gets the opportunity to speak and like, we really like form that, like that tight knit, like close group. So we're thinking around like six. Um, and we don't have a start date, but we want to start another one in the fall. And we just want to like gather everyone who's interested and then see what dates are best for them. Yes. And yeah. we will absolutely link the link in our show notes. So people can check it out. And where can our listeners find you? Where can they work with you? We have a website, Boutique Psychotherapy. You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Talks. It's a play on my last name. Um, and you can see, go, go ahead. Yeah, so you can find me on my website, uh, lindsayshafer.com um, or on my Instagram, lindsayshafertherapy. Um, you can sign up for the group at boutiquepsychotherapy.com. But if you also DM Catherine and I, we can, we can talk about it. If you want to go to our website, send us an inquiry about it. You know, we're happy to talk to you and even just have a conversation that we're actually doing to like, let people know if you want to sign up and you're not sure about it, like this isn't like set in stone, like you can reach out to us just to have a conversation to see if this is the right fit for you. So, you know, just to have a conversation with us, everything is confidential. So people can absolutely reach out and see if it is the right fit. Um, and also we didn't mention before that I did want to add what a support group even is. I feel like people like don't really understand it. Um, just to add that. So a support group is a space for people to come together to talk about a common topic. And so group therapy is really about like building community and finding a commonality of something that you're struggling with and being able to feel like you're not alone. Other people are going through this, finding the coping skills that work for other people and seeing what might work for you. Um, being able to see that like other people have things that work for them and also like understanding how to build on your confidence based on other people's challenges and confidence as well. So just to kind of explain what a support, what a support group is, I think that that's like helpful because some people are like, what is, even is this? Um, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, beautifully worked. Yes. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. This was so great. And I think our listeners will get a lot out of it. And it's certainly important and probably not spoken nearly enough. Definitely. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review, let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. 
All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at Food Therapy Pod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.